0: This is Books of Titans, the podcast dedicated to the influences of influencers. The books that have helped shape prominent inventors, business leaders, athletes, intellectuals, scientists, and others. We'll talk about what makes these books such classics and at least attempt to have an intelligent discussion about what makes them so important and influential. Hello, this is Eric Rostad coming to you right outside of Nashville, Tennessee. Today, I have a special episode and I'm going to share my 10 rules for reading. I did not create these rules at the beginning of this project, but rather I had two big goals for this Books of Titans reading project. The first was I wanted to read more books each year. And the second goal was I wanted to remember what I read. I had a problem in the past where I would I would read books and then not be able to recall a single thing from those books. So I've set a lot of things in place. I've I've changed a lot of things and these rules are, are a, a result of those two goals. And, and these are the things that, that allow me to to accomplish these two goals in the reading project. I want to make clear that these are my rules. I'm not suggesting that these become your rules. I am, however, suggesting that you create your own set of rules. You can use mine if they work, but I want you to also experiment and see what, what works best for you. I know rules can sound oppressive, but they're not. Your rules should create a sense of freedom. They should open you up to be able to read more. Discipline equals freedom, as Jocko Willink always says. I've covered some of these ideas in past episodes, but this will be the first time I've shared them all together in, in one episode. I shared these rules on, on social media last week, and I got some great feedback. I uh, got some responses to, to some of these rules, uh, some opposition to some of these rules, and so I want, I'm going to sh- be sharing that in this episode as well. So you can see which ones garnered uh, joy or or, uh, opposition. Before I get into the rules, though, just a quick... Update on, on what I've been doing this year so far in 2020 and, and, and what I'm currently reading. Uh, my first book for 2020 is The Bible. I have 52 books on my list for this year, and the first book is an 1800 page book, The Bible. I'm uh, about 550 pages in right now. That's a, around 30% complete, and uh, it's January 23rd as I'm recording this. So um, I'm taking it slowly. It's been uh, a lot of fun. and. I'm getting in about, about roughly 30 pages a day, so I, I use a reading app to track my reading, and it estimates that I have uh, 88 hours left to go. So I I, th- I think I'll probably finish towards the end of, of February. Um, I I want to wait and just do one episode about the Bible uh, at the very end once I'm once I'm done reading it. And what I'm planning on doing is just uh, as I, as I've been reading, I've I've noticed different ideas. And, and I've, I've made note of those and I've keep, keep, as, as they come up again, I keep making a note. And so I just want to, I want to track these, these ideas, these themes through, through the Bible and, and see where it, where it leads. Uh, oftentimes these themes, all, themes, I'll have a lot of questions as, as I'm going. So uh, look for that episode later. It, it may be, um, maybe end of February or or March before that episode comes, comes out. But until then, I'll be doing some other uh, special episodes like this, where, where I talk about um, different ideas about, about reading. So, so 10 rules for reading. It's sort of a play on, on Jordan Peterson's 12 rules for life. Uh, But uh, these are my, these are my 10 rules for reading. So take a quick break. And when I come back, I'll start with number one. All right, here's rule number one, 52 books per year. So this rule obviously deals with a challenge, a challenge of how many books you're going to read during the year. So for me, I chose 52 and I started this in 2017. The reason I chose 52 is I wanted to do a book a week. I thought that would be a big enough challenge for me, uh, but a doable one as well. I knew I would probably have to make some changes in my life, and you'll see some of those changes discussed in in some later rules here. But uh, with those changes, I would be able to to read 52 per year. The most I'd ever re- read before this project was, was 30-something books in a year. So 52 was a jump, but it was a doable jump. Uh, of the three years of this project so far, I have made it through 52 books just once. Uh, The other two years I got very close, but uh, but I've only made it through 52 books one year. So... It is a challenge. It's a it's a daunting challenge, but I know that if I read a certain number of pages per day, that I will get through all the books. So that's that's the other important part of of uh, rule number one here is is once you decide how many books you want to read, figure out how many pages are in those books, add them together, and then divide by the number of days in the time period. So if you're looking at doing 52 books per year, uh, add up all the pages and then divide by 365 days. In 2020, here we're in a leap year, so you get to divide by 366. But then you get to figure out how many books or how many pages you need to read per day to to get through all your books. So for me this year and uh, for last year, I need to be at 48 pages per day. Now you just heard me share about uh, my first book on on the 2020 list of the Bible, and I'm only I'm only getting through like 30 pages per day. Well, I'm not going to rush that to to try to get to 48 and and miss key things i want to 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 take in i i would rather go slowly and 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 really get it than than try to um to to hit that but i know that i'm gonna have to make up for that later on this year and some of the other books books that that don't require as much much um deep study and, and attention so 52 books per year that's rule number one rule number two set your reading list in advance so I, I take an entire year to come up with my 52 book reading list. As I'm reading one year's list, so for, for instance, last year while I was reading my 2019 reading list, I'm compiling ideas for my 2020 reading list. So by the time I have, have decided on what I'm going to read this year, uh, I have thought about those books for almost a, f- a full year. I mean, there's some books I, I, I put in at the, at the end in, in December of last year, but I've been thinking about these books for a long time. Uh, one, one question I get, uh, for this rule a lot is, um, uh, what if you miss out on a new book? Like what if a book comes out that you really want to read? And for instance, a, a book just came out by, uh, Nicholas Nicholas and his wife, Susan Wudan. Uh, Christoph is a a writer for the New York Times. Um, I I used to read the New York Times a lot, as I'll discuss in one of my other rules here, but uh, I I used to read some of his his books. And uh, he wrote a lot about Asia. And he was actually in China during Tiananmen Square in, in 89. And he has this quote where he says, journalism is one of the, the few professions where you're running towards what everyone else is running away from. Uh, but he has this new book out and it just came out like this past week. And there's part of me, part, part of me that's like, Oh man, I, I, I want to add that to my list this year, but you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm glad I don't because a lot of the times the new books come out and they get a lot of hype. But they turn out to not be that good, and I'm not saying that's the case for for this book. But by setting a reading list in advance, you you avoid a lot of those types of, of books. Uh, sometimes the author is very wealthy and they have the the ability to to market the book very well, and so it looks like it's it's a really good book. But it's all it is is it's been marketed really well, or Uh, A book might come out from a favorite author of mine and I'm excited to read it. But then, you know, given some time, uh, you see that people really don't like the book and you get to see reviews and that sort of thing. So I I like that of setting the reading list in advance and then sticking to that list for the coming year. And that, that really helps me to, to vet a lot of these, these books and, and then see if, I, if it is really something that I want to add to a future list. Rule number three, randomize the reading order. This is one of my secrets. Uh, <laughs> were I to, So rule number two, set the reading list in advance, and then rule number one, 52 books. So once I have my 52 books and I set that reading list in advance... I, ra- I then randomize that order. And here's why. If I didn't randomize the order, I would, I would pick the books that I wanted to read the most and, and stack them at the front end of the year. So I would have all of the books that I, I'm really excited about, like in January and February. And then some of the books that I'm maybe not as excited about would, would be towards the end. And, and I just know that that would, that would hurt my, my ability to get through all the books. And so I use this tool called randomizer. It's just randomizer.org. And you can put any type of list in there and 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 just hit randomize. And, and that's what I do. I I just once I've chosen the 52 books, I, I copy and paste them from my spreadsheet, put them in randomizer, and then uh, click that button once, and then what comes out, that's uh, I, I then rearrange the order in in my spreadsheet, and that's the the order of my reading. But uh, that that has been a, a key a key thing for for this project. Rule number four, finish every book. Hmm. I'd say on the whole, it's best to abandon books if you're not in them, if you're not into them. But for this project, I have dedicated myself to finishing each and every book. Here's why. As I said, I spend so much time thinking about my yearly reading list that there are very few books I actually want to quit early. For this Books of Titans project, I've read 151 books so far, and and there are just a handful that I can think of that I, I just did not want to to continue on reading. But here's here's a really important point in in this with this rule. Some of the books that I've wanted to quit early ended up being really good books. The 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 gem of the book happened at the end of it. And so by, by just pushing my way through, I, I was able to get that gem that I wouldn't have gotten had I quit early. Now, if, if, you're, if you don't have the approach of setting your reading list in advance, if you're going more for just kind of, you know, picking books as they come and, and reading them, I, I would say, I would tell you to, to not finish every book. Uh, I would tell you if, if you are stuck on something to drop that book and get on to a book that you know that you will be really excited about reading. I wish I had done that in the past because when I I, I call it the serendipity approach of just you know finding a book and and reading it and then that leading to other books and, and that sort of thing as opposed to setting a reading list in advance. Uh, when I did that serendipity approach, uh, I would come up upon a book that that I I was, I was just not into. And I would always try to force my way to the end of that book. But what would, what happened is I just wouldn't want to read it. And so it'd be like two to three months where I would be stuck in that book and then I wouldn't read anything else. So if that describes you, please just drop books. Don't feel bad about it move on to a book that you're really excited about reading. You never know. You may come back to that book later on, or it just may not be the right book for you. But one of my rules is to finish every book. Rule number five, one book at a time. Now, this is one of my rules that, that got the most uh, negative feedback. And I'll read some of the, some of the quotes and and things that I heard uh, on, on social media from this, from this rule. But, I used to read four to five books at a time. Um, I would have them on my my, my book stand, and um, I would start one, and then start another, and, and all of a sudden, I've got four or five going. And I, I here, here are here's a few reasons why that didn't work for me. One was I would it, it would just take me forever to to finally get through through the books because I would just kind of go from one to the other, and uh, and then I would lose. Focus, and I would lose the the main ideas of what I'd been reading that book. Um, and then the other part of this is that uh, when I was doing four or five at a time, especially if if they were on somewhat similar topics, I would have a hard time remembering what book a uh, particular idea came from. So with reading one at a time, I can. There's something in my brain that that can kind of picture that book as I'm as I'm reading it. So I, I do one book at a time, but he, here are some comments I got on, on this rule. Uh, any reason you choose that approach, I typically am in two to three books at once and I can vary my attention level based on the, how technical the read is. Lighter reading gets an audible spot for when I'm walking around through the airport. And that, that was a good good point. Uh, maybe, maybe you have different types of books for, for different parts of the day. Um, again, these are my rules. Uh, if, if two or three books or, or more works better for you, uh, do that. But uh, I've found one book at a time to to help me focus better and, and get through books faster. Here are a few other comments I got on this on this rule. I usually read those. Uh, I will be taking notes in the morning in more fluid ones, biographies, popular social science in the evening. That works well for me. Another quote, I'm curious why one book at a time? I heard people that like reading a couple books at a time to stimulate ideas and make connections, but I'm curious to know your opinion. Uh, another quote, do you think the one book at a time and finish every book rules might create negative associations with reading? I find that having the freedom to always pick any book you feel like reading will lead to always creating positive feelings about reading, which will reinforce the behavior. Uh, and then a final quote, also, fully support one book at a time. I feel the more focused this way, rather than jumping from one book to another. So you see, feedback-wise, most of most people uh, were were kind of questioning that um, that one book at a time rule. Uh, one person uh, also felt that helped them them to focus. So for you do what do what works best for, for your reading. But uh, but you may if you are someone who reads four to five books at a time, and you find yourself getting getting lost in them or, or it taking a long time to finish it, maybe just give it a try to, for one book at a time and, and, and see how that goes for you. Rule number six, physical books only. I am an awful listener. You can ask my wife, and she she will tell you. And I, I cannot picture Ebooks in my head, so let me get into that a little bit more. Um, I've I've tried Audible. Um, I've I've listened to audio books. I I listen to a ton of podcasts. Um, I mostly listen to them when I'm running or when I'm doing chores or or things around the house, or or when I'm when I'm driving uh, by myself. And so I'm 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 always listening to to things, uh, whether they're books or or podcasts, but I found, uh, last year I did, uh, I, or, or two years ago, 2018, I did four books on audible for part of the 52 books on my list. And I just, I couldn't even do a podcast episode on those books because I, I couldn't recall enough of the book to be able to record a podcast on it. So there's something in me that I need to be, I need to see the page I'm reading. This is especially, true for books with names and, uh, words that I can't picture in my head. So if it's like a new name, uh, or the name of somebody, somebody, and, and I, I need to see that name for it to, to click in my head. Um, I can remember them saying the name, but just having the visual really helps me. Um, and, and so that's uh, on the audio side of books, why I, I don't do audio books. I just don't, I simply just don't remember them. Um, on the ebook side I've read books on my iPad uh, I like the Apple books uh, app and I, I've set it to scroll so where you just you know you just keep pushing up and in, in the the book just keeps coming and I really like that. I love being able to underline on the iPad and, and type in notes on the iPad uh, and then always have those notes with me, whether it's on my phone or or computer uh, as they sync across all the devices. I, I love that. But when I when I think about a book and I try to picture a certain part, I can generally picture that part in a physical book. I'm nowhere near a photographic memory or anything like that, but I, I, I do have some sort of a locational memory. So if, if, um, if I am thinking about a particular um, idea that I've read about in a book, I can picture where that was in the book. So like if it's on the top left side of the book as opposed to the bottom right or, or that sort of thing. So I, I have the ability to, to like recall the location of where it was in the book. I I can't recall the exact words of it, but I can picture the location. I can't do that with a digital book because the page is continually moving for me. So with a physical book, I can, I can think back to that idea, kind of see it in my head where it is in the book, but I don't have that same recall with, a, with an iPad or with an ebook, So that's the reason I, I, I have gone to physical books. The other main reason is I, I love the ability to write in my books. And they almost become my notebooks in a way. I write in the back of the books and I write after each chapter. I underline, I write in the questions in the margins. Uh, I write uh, how these books relate to other books as p- for part of this project in the margins. So the, these books are actually becoming notebooks for me. Um, in the past, I would not write in books. Now I write all over them and I can pick any book off of my shelf. Now that's been part of this project. I can flip to the back cover and I can see all the main notes that I've taken from, from that book. I know I can do that in an ebook, but it's, there's something about also writing it that, that just makes it more tangible to me. One comment I got on, on this rule of physical books only, uh, the person said, no audiobooks or digital books? That sounds nitpicky to me. Kindle and audio audible make it much easier and convenient to consume books. And to that I say, amen. You are right, but not for me. If audiobooks or digital books work for you, do them. I, I, I wholeheartedly support them. Uh, if you're someone, if you're a truck driver and, and you have all day in your car and you can be listening to audiobooks and podcasts, that's amazing. You are, you are fortunate. So whatever, whatever medium works best for you to, to read the books and then to recall them, do that. But remember, one of my main goals for this project was to be able to remember what I read. I found that physical books helped me to remember what I read. Audio and ebooks do not. Rule number seven, always carry a book and a pen. You will be amazed at how much time you have during your day when you have your book with you. The trick is here to pull out the book before you pull out your phone. Because if you pull out your phone, you will get stuck and you'll get you open up social media and, and you'll get stuck there. But if you have that book with you and, and you always um, always open that up first... You will get a lot of reading done during that time. So one example I, I give uh, right now, uh, my wife and I have have two young kids, and so if we're all out in the car together, uh, chances are one of those kids is going to fall asleep. But if we're out doing errands, uh, my wife might might go in with with the child that is not asleep and might go into the store, and then I stay in the car with the child who's asleep. Well, that ends up being like thirty minutes of time where where I get some get some reading done there. And if if I didn't have the book with me, I, I would be on my phone or, or doing something else. Uh, but all these little pockets of time can, can add up rule number eight. This is one I, I, um, added in recently, I combined two other rules, uh, into rule nine. And then, so this is a new rule eight that I did not have on that social media post. Uh, but, but, but I've been thinking about it a lot recently. Rule number eight is family first. And that may seem like a weird rule to try to read more and to remember more of what I read. But, uh, this rule is there because I, I need it there. I, I need to not give in to this temptation of, of a reading project or some other project being more important than my family. So if I find myself, uh, saying, Oh, I I just need to get through this chapter as opposed to, no, I I need to, to be with my wife right now, uh, or I need to be playing with my kids. Rule number eight: Family first. Rule number nine: No TV and no news. I've heard the average American watches four and a half hours of TV a day. Can you imagine how much Americans would read if they even took half of that amount of time and dedicated it to reading? I I I would guess people would be able to get through 100 books a year if they were not watching four and a half hours. Of TV. But don't get me wrong, I, I love TV. I get just as addicted, addicted to shows as, as the next person. Um, but that's why I, I make it a rule to not watch TV. And I look, I'll watch the occasional movie with my wife, I'll watch the occasional show with her. But the, the, the main idea behind this rule of no TV is just to not always have it on. And so when I hear that stat of four, four and a half hours of TV per day for the average American, to me, that seems like people who, when they wake up, they they put the news on and and so they're doing other things. Maybe they're getting ready, they're eating breakfast, but the news is always on uh, or some TV shows on and then they get home from work and then the TV's back on and it's always on. We, we, in our house, we just don't always have the TV on when I go to people's houses and I stay with them and they always have the news on or something like that, or I go to a doctor's office and, and, and the news is on, or even airports now, and the, and the news is always on. I just, I start going crazy. Like I, I can't stand it. Uh, but I think that's how a lot of people live. If you just get rid of that TV always being on, it, it opens up a lot of time. And so I, this is not a killjoy thing of, of you know, don't ever enjoy things. I, I consider movies to be one of the greatest luxuries. I, I love going to movies. But but on the whole, I, I avoid TV and I avoid spending time on movies. I would rather read a book. I just heard a great quote. Somebody said, if you uh, are binge watching Netflix, you just have not found the best. You have not found the right right book. And then for for news, I used to read the New York Times or the wall street journal daily. I used to get those every day. I, and for uh, that started in college, cause uh, I was a business major and, and we were required for some of the classes to, to either get the New York times, or the wall street journal, and then we would just discuss what was in the paper uh, in class. But um, I've, I've just gotten to the point where I'm not able to tell what is legit and what's not in the news. Uh, and then news also focuses on the tragic and the urgent and so even if those things are 100% true, uh, if the things that are being reported on are 100% true, it's creating a false sense of reality in me. And, and this really came to my mind a lot when I was reading Factfulness, where it just talked about the different things going on in the world and and how skewed all of our perceptions of the the actual numbers of of what thing what's going on how skewed that is and I, I think a lot of that is from news so it's not like there's uh, well maybe there is but I I don't think there's just some like evil intention of 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 news media to to have have us go a certain way mentally or something but it's just it's just the nature of it the things that are going to to entice are are the the urgent and the tragic but that one plane crash uh, is should be compared to 100,000 safe landings uh, of, of planes, but, but it's not. You, you just hear about that one plane crash. So that that's where things can get skewed in your head. And so this one obviously garnered a lot of uh, comments as well. So I, w- I want to read some of, of these. I definitely agree with giving up the news. It has improved my anxiety levels 100%, and I still manage to stay up to date on the things that matter. So that was one person that agreed with, with no news, but here are a few people that, um, that didn't. No news? Sounds like a really bad choice for someone trying to be more informed and intelligent. Your numbers goal is perha- perhaps overshadowing the point of being a reader. And to that, I I responded with this. If you don't, uh, this is a quote, I I believe by Mark Twain. If you don't read the newspaper, you are uninformed. If you do read the newspaper, you are misinformed, end quote. So I, I said, I'd rather read books that help with the big picture than news that leaves me misinformed. Now, that also means I need to be adding books to my reading list that help me with that big picture. And so each year I, I add books about the Middle East. I am very ignorant on the Middle East. So I, I just try to learn about it each year. And then I find when I do hear things about the news, uh, they they make more sense because I'm, I'm thinking about it in more of a broad historical context of, of okay, this is, these are the things that led up to where we are right now. This is the recent history. This is the ancient history that has led to, to where we are. It just gives more context to the news instead of, well, this happened in Syria today and, uh, it's because of this. Well, is it really because of that? Like, I don't think it is. So, um, I, I, I think just taking that, that bigger approach, but really being intentional in your books, in the books that you choose as well, to make sure that you are, are learning about, the world and learning about different things uh, that that can help compensate for not doing the daily news thing. And look, you are, you will hear about the important stories. Your friends will tell you, your family members will tell you, you're going to get the main stories. You don't need to worry about being a a complete ignorant idiot by, by giving up news. Um, And there are ways to get news quicker than, than, than trying to sift through what one side says compared to the other side or, or just getting one side of, of, of how news is presented. So rule number nine, no TV and and no news. Here's my final rule. Rule number 10, share your progress daily. I got this idea from show your work by Austin Kleon. Uh, also nearly every morning I, See on uh, social media, I see Jocko Willink, and it's a photo of his watch, and so that's where I got this idea from Austin Kleon and, and Jocko Willink, of I I will get on Instagram almost every morning and and take a photo of the book I'm reading, and usually my coffee cup is my coffee mug is right next to the book, but I, I share that every morning. I share what page I'm on, uh, maybe some something I've just read about or something I've learned from the book. And this, this has a few effects. The first is that it provides community. So, other people are reading that same book, they'll, they'll let me know. Um, they'll let me know what they thought about it. And then it also helps me just to keep moving forward. So, uh, one example is if I'm reading a big book and I'm taking a photo of it every morning, after a while, I figure people are getting pretty sick of seeing the same book multiple days in a row. And so, it just kind of helps push me along. And it gives accountability. Now, with any sort of a reading project, here's here's one potential downfall, is that reading is an individual activity. You are by yourself, You maybe you're in a bookstore or, or in a library or, or a coffee shop or something reading, but it it's you, your mind and, and the book. And so you need some sort of accountability. It's, it's not like you're on the baseball team and you're going there and, and you know, it's it's the team, everyone is is doing this together. It's, it's just you. So by sharing what you're reading every day, that helps to provide that accountability. And that is so important when you're doing a reading project like this and, and you have a goal to get through a certain number of books. So don't try to do this alone. Share your progress daily. Connect with other readers around the world through these these social media platforms that we have uh, obviously in, in line with my rule number nine of, of no news and uh, no TV try to limit that social media uh, I try to limit it to 30 30 minutes a day there there are things on iPhone and, and I believe on on the other devices now where you can you can set limits and and the apps just won't work after that so you can uh, set limits for maybe 30 minutes a day for, for all social media on your on your phone, but, but do try to, to do that where you use social media to, to, to hold yourself accountable for, for your reading project. So those are my 10 rules. Uh, as I said, I'd love for you to create your own set of rules and not to view them as an oppressive manner, but to, 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 to have a set of rules that, you know, this is how I am moving forward in life to help me achieve more of the goals that I want to achieve. And whether that's with with uh, exercise or reading, uh, having those set of rules that, you know, th- this, is, this is how I operate going forward. They can be a huge help. I had uh, lunch with a friend of mine uh, last month who started reading after I bought him a, a book. Uh, that was his first book he finished since college. And he, and he made this comment that stuck with me since then. He said, you know, I, I binge watch Netflix shows and I don't, ever get a sense of accomplishment after that, but I read this one book, and this is my first book since college. I read that, and the sense of accomplishment I had, I told all of my friends and my family members that I had read this one book. So think of it that way. These rules are not of, not oppressive, but you, you, you will get a sense of accomplishment by setting these goals and, and achieving them and getting through hard books and, and wrestling with ideas as you come about, across them in these books. Uh, have, have these rules, get these rules in place that, that can help you do that, can help you get this sense of accomplishment. That's going to do it for this episode. Thanks for listening. I'd love to hear what you think, uh, what what, uh, rules that you have in place, uh, the things that have helped you to read more and and remember what you read. I'd love to hear from you at, uh, you can email me at eric at booksoftitans.com. That's Eric with a K, so E-R-I-K at booksoftitans.com. You can follow Books of Titans on Instagram or Twitter. And the website is also stocked full of resources to help you find books and create a reading list. Uh, remember now that the podcast will be releasing every two weeks. So I'll see you in a couple weeks from now. I'm not sure what I'll be covering at that point as I'll likely still be uh, making my way through the Bible, but uh, I will have an episode covering the Bible very soon. I'm very excited about that episode. I know it's kind of absurd to, to cover a, a book like that, uh, in of that length in, in one short podcast episode, but um, I really want to hit the main themes that, that I notice as I read the whole thing. So until then, keep reading, keep learning, and keep listening. I'm out.